Hello, and welcome to Episode 7 of Speaking the Truth. This is your host, Anthony Brown. Speaking the Truth is brought to you by Associates Life Coaching and Counseling. If you're feeling blue and don't know what to do, call Anthony Brown, and he will help you. Go to www.associates life coaching and counseling or call 281-545-5003. Today I will be uh, talking to uh, a guest, uh, Daryl, and we'll be talking about uh, addiction and treatment and recovery. How you doing, Daryl? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. So, um, Basically, um want to start first by uh, uh, you telling us how uh, you were init- initially addicted to drugs. What was your drug of choice? What do you think uh, happened to uh, cause your addiction? Okay, well, first of all, I would like to start out by saying um, addiction does run in my family. My father was an alcoholic. So uh, that's number one. Um, number two, I started out, um, I would say, just really experimenting. Um, just in, in a little bit in high school, I would drink a little bit towards the end of my high school years. And then when I got to college uh, is when I really started um, exploring uh, different um, other other drugs. I mean, I've, I've tried like some of it all, you know, just to see how I was kind of the type of person where I would just, you know, I was willing to just, just, just kind of, uh, to give it a try to see what it was like. And, um, at first I, you know, was not addicted. It was just fun and it was, uh, not, you know, caused me any problems or any issues. Um, up until the time, um, my twin brother who was also, he was an addict as well, but he was heavily into his addiction and uh he ended up passing passing away from drugs um uh and an overdose mm-hmm. and at, at that point uh is when things just completely changed for me at that point i mean the only thing i can really remember is i kind of i blacked out for a couple of weeks uh I don't remember much of anything, um, you know, um, it was a lot going on during that time. Mm-hmm. Do you think you blacked out because of drug use or other reasons? Well, when I say blacked out, I don't mean like physically black. I mean, mentally, it's just a lot. I just did. I just don't remember. Okay. I, I could not remember. I couldn't bring it up um, for anything in the world. Um, I do know that it was just a lot of pain because we were wait, uh, waiting to get my brother transferred from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Mobile. So that was like a couple of weeks. Okay, that so couple this of weeks when I had to play. Yes. Okay, so this is a grieving uh, process. This was prior to the addiction. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So during that during that time, I do know I really feel that it's when I start picking up heavily, where it start be, to become uncontrollable. And okay. um, yeah. So a manageability started to creep into my life at that point. Okay. Um, some uh, therapists uh, may say that addiction, they may describe addiction as obsessive compulsive disorder. And then so, and in treatment, uh, a lot of times, 
they say that it is uh, it, 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 it does have something to do with your genotype or something that runs in your family. Mm-hmm. Would you consider addictions uh, a sexual compulsive in your in your opinion? In my opinion, it is definitely hereditary. I, that's my opinion. Um, I just think if you you know if 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 you're predisposed to it, then if it's in your family, then you mm-hmm. you have a greater chance. Um, and I'm only speaking from my experience, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was so much easier for me to just, uh, you know, go off the deep end, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I believe that genetics had a lot to do with it. Okay. Do you think alcohol was a gateway drug for you? It absolutely was. Yeah. I mean, alcohol, uh, never caused me any, I won't say what didn't cause me any problems, but I didn't go off the deep end when I to the, the main thing I did is the gateway thing. So it did lead me to my drug of choice, which was uh, crack cocaine. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, it was definitely a gateway drug, and that's where the problem was with alcohol for me. Okay. So you mentioned that your brother was an addict as well. Was uh, crack cocaine his drug of choice? Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you think that had uh, your brother not being addicted to crack cocaine or was addicted to a different drug that you probably would have gone that route or chose a different drug? Um, no, I can't say that. I mean, I saw the pain that it took him through. I mean, I was not far along in my addiction at all at that point in time. And I saw the pain that it, it, that it put him through, but mm-hmm. When he died, it's like it didn't matter. I picked it up anyway, and um, mm-hmm. later on, you know, when I went to, to therapy and all, I, you know, I found out that sometimes that's how people cope with mm-hmm. losing somebody that's really close to them. Is that they they'll, even though it's a bad habit, they they want to hold on to something, um, you know, a piece of them because it's so painful, which it was. So I don't think the drug uh, mattered. Um, it, it, just, it just didn't matter, you know. It, I think it was more so the pain that uh, of losing my brother. Okay. So from the onset of the, your addiction to uh, the first time you seek treatment, uh, mm-hmm. how long you think it? How long was it? Okay. Now some people are really good at this, but uh, I have to guesstimate because I'm okay. telling you. I've gone through so many treatments and um until it is hard for me to keep to keep track but once I got into my addiction I would say about um a year year and a half later is mm-hmm. when I sought my first treatment. Okay. Do you think you hit a uh, complete rock bottom after your first treatment or uh no no I okay. didn't. Okay. Okay. Um so the treatment that you received was what 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 did it consist of? Um it was an inpatient um inpatient uh program. It was uh, a thirty day program mm-hmm. and uh to be honest the the main reason that I went uh was because of the reason I went for the many times after was just to get a place to stay, get some rest. Um, 
um, only to get ready, get strong enough to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would be in trouble. I, you know, and to kind of, kind of ease, you know, uh, calm things down that was going on in my life at that time. I would, I would do something like, you know, seek treatment for that. So I was going for those reasons, you know. Okay. So did they, did they give you a drug, a substitute drug, uh, at inpatient to substitute you for the, uh, uh, cocaine? Uh, they were, uh, not per se the cocaine, but I would go in and I would just kind of, um, tell them what they wanted to hear so that I can get me a bed. Mm-hmm. So I would end up on all kind of other psych medications, which was really messing me up too. Um, but, um, they would put me on that and I was so, but I'm like, okay, I got a place to stay. So, uh, for 30 days. So I'll do it this way. But I never substituted anything, you know, out uh, for, like, the, the cocaine itself. Okay. Now, that particular uh, uh, inpatient treatment, was there any type of counseling component? Um, yes, there was counseling. There was um, uh, meetings. To, so it was the 12-step 12, 12 program oriented. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it was it was counseling, individual counseling, and we had group counseling as well. Okay, can can you explain uh, what the twelve steps uh, is all about? Yeah, so the twelve steps program um, has been around for quite some time since the the thirties at least, and um, what it is is that it is a way to introduce. Um, to an individual that is going through addiction, um, a, a higher power, or in, a, in a w- other words, a solution. And that mm-hmm. solution is um, finding a power that's just greater than you because you cannot do it, obviously, if you admitted that you just, you know, if you took step one, you just admitted that I can't do it anymore. My life is unmanageable. So that's why that first step is so important. But once I made that, once that person makes that decision, mm-hmm. um, uh, the 12-step program, when they go in, uh, when I went in, I was open-minded. It didn't talk about God. It didn't because I grew up, you know, in the church and all of that, and I kind of had issues with that. But it introduced you just to uh, any higher power you chose. And that higher power guided you through the steps, but before you knew it, know it, you find out that by the time you reach uh, that 12th step there, you found, um, you know, that power that was greater than anything yourself. A lot of people end up calling him uh, God or whoever they choose, but uh, it takes you to a place where, uh, in the end, you you want to give back. And that give back, one addict helping another is, like, without peril. I mean, that is what keeps... Um, an individual going. So when I go out and I help another addict, you know, um, that feeling that I get of helping somebody else get through what the pain that I know that, that they're going through, mm-hmm. that's part of my recovery. Okay. What if a person is an atheist or uh, agnostic? How would that uh, the 12-step program benefit them? It, it doesn't matter. It's like the that's that's the the beautiful part about the program is that um, God is not you know it does not have to be in the picture. And as a matter of fact, they say when you when you're early in recovery, 
any power greater than you would be would work. So okay. that can be the group. That can be your sponsor. It can be actually the, a doorknob. If that mm-hmm. works for you, then that works for you. Because it's an individual thing. So, um, yeah, it does not have to be a quote-unquote God. It is just a personal, because it's your personal relationship with this entity, mm-hmm. whatever you decide to call that entity. Okay. Um, have you heard of the concept of harm reduction? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. okay. Har- harm that. reduction is uh, a process in counseling where uh, where counselors accept the client where they are and their ability to be able to their readiness of mm-hmm. of it's not just addictions. It can be translated to other things, but in terms of addictions, uh, with their readiness to where they are in terms of of, of treatment and then gradually reducing uh, the use until uh, until they have sobriety. Uh, mm-hmm. But the readiness part is is the main part. What is your take on harm reduction? Um, I think it's an option, you know, mm-hmm. out there. Um, it's to me um, the the only way to for, and this is personal again. But for me, the only way to stay clean is to not induce anything at all in my system. Mm-hmm. And that's like nothing. But if a person is not ready for that, mm-hmm. then what's best? And to me, you know, harm reduction is an alternative that will at least reduce the amount of damage that they're causing to themselves, society, and in hopes, I would think that in hopes that harm reduction would eventually guide them to a, you know, place where they can be abstinent. Okay. Because okay. to me, that's the only solution. But I will say that that's, it's, uh, recovery is a personal thing because there's some people that can still drink out there and it works just fine for them. But the trick for me was finding out what worked for me because I was trying to work recovery like what person A was doing for a long time, and I kept getting drunk, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. It's speaking, speaking of that, uh, explain to uh, the listeners what's the difference between being sober and sobriety. Getting sober and sobriety? Mm-hmm. Well, getting sober is just uh, not drinking. You know, I'm, I'm just not going to drink, but, uh, sobriety to be me is actually working, um, a program where you're bettering yourself, um, every day. You know, mm-hmm. um, for instance, if I wrong you today, if I'm working a 12 step program, I can't go to bed tonight without making that right. I'm not mm-hmm. going to feel right. So I grow as a person. And I grow, uh, and I strengthen my relationship with my higher power, uh, because of the things that I do that the 12 step program requires me to do. You know, if, if I've harmed you in my addiction, I stole money from you, well, that's part mm-hmm. of the program. I have to go back and, and make that right. Um, or I'm not going to feel right. 
if if the program is working for me. Okay. So, so being that, to so, me, that's what sobriety is. Okay. So being sober in layman's term is like a, a dry drop. Mm-hmm. It's and, a dry drop. I'm just not so, drinking. And sobriety is being in awareness of oneself and the ability to ma- remain sober. Right. And helping others and, and uh, growing yourself, um, you know, and, and, and strengthening that relationship with you and whoever you decide to call your higher power. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, from my understanding, you work a job in Houston that was uh, similar to a harm reduction type program. Could you explain, uh, talk about a little about that? Yeah, so it was street outreach, and um, it was risky for a person that was in recovery because we actually went out, you know, to different neighborhoods where we knew that IV um, uh, people that that, that that shot up, uh, people that, that smoked, all of that, and uh, we would um, hand out condoms, we would hand out syringes, and all of this was part of the harm reduction program. You know, just uh, hoping that instead of using a dirty needle, you know, and you're spreading, you know, all kinds of diseases and all, that you use this clean one that we give you. Um, and uh, at least, you know, or um, when you're having, instead of having unprotected sex, uh, uh, 100% of the time, well, we'll give you a few condoms. So hopefully you'll at least reduce that to, um, mm-hmm. you know, 80%. And the goal is to just get better and better and better. And, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, it was risky, but it was an interesting job, and it was all about helping others. So it was really helping me in my program as well, um, even though that was not the last time that I, that I uh, you know, that, that I relapsed. Okay, so you did relapse while working at that particular job? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think the clientele had an effect on your relapse? Yeah, I don't think I was strong enough in my recovery to really be out there, um, you know, in that type of uh, that type of position. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, I, well, I know I wasn't, you know, because it didn't work out. Okay. So, could anyone ever be that that's a recovering? Uh, uh, cover ever be strong enough to be in the type of environment you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. If, if, uh, a person is, um, is working the program and they, I mean, they can, uh, of course, you know, it's advisable to change people, places and things, but if, if you're, uh, strong enough in your recovery, then yeah, you, you can you can be in in situations and 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 not not you. Okay. Okay. Uh, so how how long have you uh, have you uh, been drug free now? It would be eight years in June, June fifteenth. Man, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's more than awesome because it's just it's it's rewarding in so many different ways. I'm I call it I'm able to participate in life now. Um you know, taking trips to go see family, you know, working, paying bills, you know, that type of thing. 
Is this the longest that you have gone uh, uh, drug-free? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, so what was so different about this particular time than it was previously? Well, this time, um, you know, uh, almost eight years ago, you know, I act, I really, I really hit rock bottom. I mean, I, I lost it all and I, I was at the point where I did not want to have to go through another relapse again. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I really didn't want to live. That's how, how, how down I was. Um, and just the space I was in, I mean, I was, it was like I was beaten into submission by the disease, you know, and, uh, I was tired. I was mm-hmm. absolutely tired, and um, that was my motivation. I, I was just—I mean, I lost every single thing. So, I, for the first time in my life, I, I hit—I hit rock bottom. Do you remember what was going on in your mind when you said, "This is it. This is enough." Um, disappointing family, especially my mom, who I love so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just disappointing, you know, family, uh, disappearing for holidays and nobody know where I am. And, uh, now that I'm sober and I think about that and it really hurts me to know that I was putting people that love me in situations like that. And because I'm, I'm totally different. I mean, I am a, a caring, a loving person. And, um, the last thing I want to do is 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 hurt people, you know, and that's what I was doing. Okay, okay. Um, so I would think that I know that forgiving others is part of the twelve steps, or or or, or get or uh, or making making sure. Well, offering yourself offering yourself for others to forgive. For, for others to forgive you is part of mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. What about forgiving yourself? Um, I had to. Uh, I had to feel, forgive myself. Um, I mean, it, that, it, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I, I had to forgive myself, and the, and the program helped me do that as well, you know, because, um, you know, on my four-step inventory, um, I had to be, I finally got gut level honest and uh wrote every single thing that I could bring to my memory mm-hmm. about uh things that were going on with me, things that you know I did that inventory and then uh I went over it with my sponsor and uh you know we talked about it and then uh you know I dealt with that in, in the twelve step but so that was part of my forgiveness. Uh, forgiving myself, you know, mm-hmm. just understanding, you know, why I did the things that I did, why I didn't like me, um, you know, and, and, and dealt with it for the first time, you know, um, in my life, you know. Okay. So, now you, yeah. Okay. Now, you're a very educated person. You have a couple of math degrees, don't you? Yeah, finally, okay. once I got things together, you know, um, I, I ended up, um, with a, a master's in health services administration and then an MBA 
So, yeah. so during that time, uh, master's degree isn't, isn't an easy task. During that particular time, were you using when you were uh, doing the doing, while you were getting your, uh, your 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 degrees? Yes, I was. So I was. I mean, I would get in school because I'm like I, I was a career student. So mm-hmm. I would get in school because it would keep me on the straight and narrow, but it was not the solution, right? That wasn't it was going to stop me from using. So it would it would kind of keep me straight for a minute, but then, mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't dealing with the addiction, so yeah, I'm gonna slip out here and I'm gonna do this here. I just wasn't doing it as much, but I was mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Okay. 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 Some people who I've heard some counselors who criticize the twelve step program calls it a program where it transfers the twelve step program. To the new addiction, to, to do it, to do addiction, but a healthy addiction that you become addicted to, constantly going to meetings and things of that nature. What What is your uh, take on that? Wait, can you say again? They, they criticize it because of what now? They They say that it's not a true sobriety because the, the the program itself, going to the meeting, becomes a new addiction, a healthy addiction, but a new addiction. I've I've heard some. I'm not saying I agree with this. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but that is a uh, it is an opinion uh, in the, in the psych- psychology community. What is okay. your opinion on that? Oh yeah, it is a new addiction, and it's it's nothing wrong with it because you mentioned it. It's a healthy addiction, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new way of life. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do things in recovery. Uh, we have fun. It's not a uh, in the book. It says it's not a we're not a glum lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new association. We have to ha- hang around people or associate ourselves with people that are like us. Okay. So that we can cope in, you know, in, in the real world. Okay. So the disease of addiction, uh, there is, so there is really no cure for you will always be addicted, but you just have to change your addiction to more healthy habits. Right. The addiction I'm- is, is gonna um it's gonna always be there and mm-hmm. we call it an an obsession. Mm-hmm. So that obsession is still gonna be there. So it still lives within me, but as long as I don't pick up and as long as I do some things as suggested by the program, mm-hmm. then I can curtail that I can I can, you know, I I don't have to worry about it coming back up on me. Okay, okay. You okay. know, yeah. Okay. Being drug free for so long do you still, after so many years, do you still ever have an urge right now? Yes, I, I do. I do. I do have um, urges, but um, I don't keep secrets anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I have an urge, uh, I'm not going to pick up the phone and call my mom or call my aunt or call. I'm going to call another addict because they're going to understand, right? My mom, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't understand. Um but uh, if I call another addict, they're going to understand exactly what I'm going through because they go through the same things, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, or I'll, you know, catch me a meeting. You know, if it's something that's really strong and is really heavy on me, mm-hmm. then I'm going to a meeting um, or another support group. Okay. Mm-hmm. For someone to be a good uh 
substance abuse counselor, do you think that person would have to be a recoverer? No, I don't think they have to be. I think it helps only because they're able to uh, see and understand and feel. Uh, they have empathy um, of what the person that they're trying to help is going through. Okay, okay, okay. So describe your uh, current support system. My current support system uh, consists of meetings. Um, uh, I didn't mention that I was uh, HIV positive as well. Mm-hmm. So I have um, uh, uh, HIV positive support groups that's up here in, in the area. Um, uh, we have social settings, um, I mean, social events. Um, I have uh, individuals that I can call on at any given time that's, with, that's in the program. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, my family, now that I'm clean and sober, they are part of my support as well. So I can pick up the phone and call them um, at any given time, too. Uh, even though they're not here with me, but that phone call, um, you know, makes a difference. Okay. Being able to reach out to them like that. Great, great. Thank you so much for um, being so candid with your experience. I believe that this uh, interview can help out many, many people. If there's anyone out there who uh, is uh, dealing with uh, drug or alcohol issues, look up your local Alcoholic Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. If you're in the Houston area and you need help with referrals, you can call 281-545-5003, and I'd be happy to help you out. If you have any questions about this episode or or any other questions about addictions or any, any counseling questions, uh, feel free to email me at speakingthetruth.ab at gmail.com. Thank you so much, uh, Daryl, for uh, being so candid and, and speaking to me. Oh, thank you for having me. Okay. You've been listening to Speaking the Truth with Anthony Brown.